Welcome to the Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com. And here's your host, Greg Stebbin. I am here with Joel Calm. His website is joelcom.com. Joel is J-O-E-L, com is C-O-M-M dot com. He's on Twitter and Facebook at Joelcom. Joel was a true internet pioneer. And he's been creating profitable websites, software, products, and helping entrepreneurs succeed since 1995. And he calls himself the functional futurist. He doesn't just see the future. He gets there first. And in addition to being the functional futurist, he is also an author, speaker, consultant, and podcaster. So, Joel, one of your books is called The Fun Formula. How curiosity, risk-taking, and serendipity can revolutionize how you work. Welcome, and I hope we can talk about this and things like influencer marketing, because influencers are supposed to be fun, too. Oh, I hope they are, you know, but the most important thing is that influencers are supposed to be influential, and there's a lot of people that call themselves influencers, but they don't actually influence anybody to do anything. That is not an influencer. (laughs) And certainly not one you should hire or pay. Right. Can you define influencer marketing for us? Well, it's basically working with a brand to bring awareness of that brand to their target market uh, in, in the hopes that it will bring results, right? So an influencer is typically somebody who will use, represent a product or service to their audience in order for that audience to say, hey, this person approves or likes or uses this, maybe I should too. Hmm. So it's endorsement marketing or what we might have called endorsement marketing at an at another time in media history. Sure. I, I think that it really is the same thing, only now instead of Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan being the ones to do the influencers, a new realm of micro-celebrities, micro-influencers that are not nearly as well-known as some of these major celebrities, which also means you don't have to pay the same multi-million dollar celebrity fees, but also have a more personal connection with their audience. So as a tech influencer, the people that the companies which hire me to influence, they know me already. I have a relationship with them. It's not that, oh, they've seen me play sports or that they've seen me in movies. Many of them have actually met me or have engaged with me already on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or YouTube or Twitter or anywhere. And so there's a greater likelihood that those people will be responsive to an influencer that they're more connected to. So if I'm a small business owner, Why might this be a better way for me to spend my marketing dollars than to pay for traditional paid advertising? Well, that's a great question. Paid advertising, you're targeting a market, but the messaging is coming directly from you as the merchant. And so you might not have any relationship with the people that you're trying to reach. Whereas if you secure the services of an influencer, it is a third-party endorsement. Right. People are there's a reason people go to third party review sites like Yelp or TripAdvisor or that we read reviews on Amazon.com, assuming that what we're reading is legitimate. And we know that there are reviews that are planted and that some people game the system. But assuming 
that those are legitimate. We trust the input and advice of other people more than we trust the messaging that comes directly from the merchant themselves. And if it's somebody that we know that we already trust, that endorsement is exponentially more influential. And so it makes sense rather than just go and buy ads that go direct to the consumer to say, hey, here is somebody who has some clout that is influential. They already use my product or my service. What if I pay them to tell their target market about what we're selling? And it's, it's highly effective when done right. I'm talking with Joel Kamm. He's an amazing guy. He's an internet pioneer. He's been around the internet and social media since the beginning. He calls himself the functional futurist. One of his books, one of his 15 books is called The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work. One of the things you mentioned, well, you mentioned some big name athletes as potential influencers. And we all, we all recognize this because we see celebrities as influencers. We know that this is part of what they do, but I have a, I'm a small business owner. Is it possible that there are influencers in my world that can make a difference for my business? Because I surely can't afford a movie star or an all-star athlete. Sure. Of course there are. And, And the key to that is finding one of your customers that has an audience. That's really the key right there. Somebody who already buys your sock and wears them and enjoys them. Somebody who eats your baked goods that has an audience, that has perhaps a local audience that they could reach. Go, mmm, that is one good cupcake. Go over to Cupcake Kevin over there and try one of these. And they post a video. I mean, that would be me. If there was a cupcake place I loved, (laughs) and and they're going to say, we're going to pay you in cupcakes, Joel. I would be like down there and I would shoot a video of myself eating this delicious cupcake and I would post it on Instagram, perhaps. And then people that know me here locally would go, oh, Joel, that looks, that looks amazing. I've got to go try one of those. And I trust Joel. So if Joel says it's the best cupcake, it's got to be the best cupcake. And he really appears to be enjoying that cupcake. I mean, him and that cupcake should probably get a room. They're having such a good time. (laughs) So this is influencer marketing at its most basic. And it really is basic. This is not rocket science, which is good because I am not an engineer and a rocket scientist, but I do know what I like, and I do know that I enjoy telling other people what I like, and by demonstrating how much I like a brand for their product or their service, I'm communicating to those who follow me, I think this is worthy of your attention. Here's why. Want to check it out? Here's how. So... In this cupcake scenario, Joel, I'm the cu- I. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to just have to wait a few minutes. Sorry about that. But I'm the cupcake shop owner, and I know you love my cupcakes, and I know you have a good audience and people trust you. So you seem like a really good influencer for me and my cupcake shop. Am I going to get away with just offering you all the cupcakes you can eat in exchange for you tweeting and Instagramming, Snapchatting and Facebooking? And did I mention tweeting my cupcakes? Or is, might I have to pay a little bit more than that? Yeah, you, I, I would probably ask you to pay me as well. And then I would ask you to pay for my doctor bill because I'd become huge. And, 
and, and unhealthy from eating too many of your delicious cupcakes. But I've done all kinds of influencer deals. I, I worked with big brands. Uh, most recently, I did some influencer work for Alibaba at the Consumer Electronics Show. I've worked with IBM and just a, a lot of other brands. And I've worked with smaller brands. And sometimes it's just that, you know what, if you'll send me that piece of electronic hardware that you created or your software. Let me try it. If I like it, I'll take a picture. I'll send a tweet. Sometimes I've actually had people send me socks because people know I like fun socks. And I'm in the cryptocurrency space because my podcast is all about Bitcoin. It's called the Bad Crypto Podcast. And I've had people that are making these fun cryptocurrency socks send them to me unsolicited. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good way, by the way, to get an influencer to do something without paying them is just send them a gift. Don't expect anything in return. But if it's something that they like, then odds are they're going to be, hey, I got this cool coffee mug or this gift basket or whatever from so-and-so and they'll often tag you. And sometimes that is the most cost-effective way to get influencer marketing in word of mouth that you could possibly do. You actually bring up a really important point here, and that is there have been some issues with the FTC about influencer marketing, right? I mean, if you are paid to be an influencer, you are supposed to, in some appropriate and legal way, disclose that you're being paid. And we need to be- Oh, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. And so the hashtag that you are to use, if it's sponsored in any way, and that could mean payment, or that could mean that you receive goods or services of some value, you're supposed to use one of these three hashtags, either add, sponsored, or promoted. Mm. And that is what the FTC is looking for, as long as you have labeled. You don't have to have this long disclaimer You just need to have one of those hashtags, and that is what is commonly understood as full disclosure. And so when someone sends you socks, or I send my product to a celebrity hoping he or she will use it or wear it or eat it and take a picture of it, are they, because they got it for free, supposed to use one of those three hashtags? You know, I am not a lawyer, and I've never played (laughs) one on television. I think a gift is a gift, and I don't know that it's necessary. Now, if an agreement was made, Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's different. If there is a contract, whether verbal or written, I would probably default to, hey, if you'll send me these, if somebody is trying to negotiate with you, what would it take to do this? Send me these. Uh, you know, it's a sticky area. I don't yes. really know. I'm not going to give legal where do, advice. Where do I, do you know where I would go to find out more? Is it the FTC website? Yeah, I would probably do that. I would go use a search engine and, and just look, ask that question. Okay. The last question really quick is, if I am engaging with an influencer, what kind of metric should I be looking at to know if that influencer is really creating results for me? And and is there actually a return on investment? Yeah, you want to look at their engagements. It's not about the number of followers they have. It's about the engagement that they have. There are micro-influencers, people that are very influential in small communities. They might only have a thousand followers on Twitter, but then you'll see 20 or so reactions, which is a lot for just having a thousand followers. So look at how many followers they have and then look at the metrics for what type of engagement, you know, kind of comments are people leaving? Are they retweeting and sharing this content? And then you'll know whether or not this person is truly influential or has the reach to get the job done. All right. He is Joel Calm. 
J-O-E-L-C-O-M-M, joelcom.com on Twitter and Facebook, at joelcom. I mentioned one of his books. He's written 15, but one of them is The Fun Formula, How Curiosity, Risk-Taking, and Serendipity Can Revolutionize How You Work. I want to, (laughs) full disclosure for Joel, he's also, I believe, an influencer for Bank of America, correct? That is correct. I was going to leave that to you to bring up. Yeah. So for more great tips from Joel as one of Bank of America's influencers and other small business experts like him, check out Bank of America's online small business community at bankofamerica.com slash SBC. Joel, thanks for joining us. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at bankofamerica.com.